People like People like games What's up, what's up? And welcome back to episode 46 of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And you are listening to the best damn podcast in the gaming industry. Trademark. Pew, pew, Trademark. pew. There anyway, we, we are finally back on schedule. It is Wednesday and we are releasing on Wednesday. But uh, without further ado, we're going to actually try to keep it a little lean for once and mm. cut off Lilo's rambling. So <laughs> without further like ado, it. let's get into something we like hey, to call hey, the plug walk. And if you don't know by now, that's just us having to do the plugs. You can find yep. us over on Twitter at People Like Games. You can find Lilo over at at Lilo PLG. Yep. Say what's up to both of us. Talk to the show. Interact with Lilo. Let's banter. Uh, shout out to Split. Uh, Splitgate. Splitgate hooking and us up, 1047 baby. Games for hooking us yep. up. We talked about it last week about trying to get out of the beta. Thank you. Over to your team. We got it. So. Actually, the alpha, but yes, you are right. The alpha, excuse me. And we plan to play on Saturday, which will be fun. But anyway... You can find the uh, podcast, should you like what you hear, uh, over on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and everywhere else you can listen to podcasts, I suppose, except for title. Every fucking where. Everywhere. Yeah, title. We're, which we're still we will mad at be, you. We will be getting there soon, so hopefully uh, soon the plug will just be everywhere podcasts can be found. But little by little. Anyway, that's enough of the plug. Be sure to subscribe. Leave some love. Five stars, nothing less. And it's up. Also, soon to be dropping our subreddit. It's going to be r backslash people like games. Obviously, the brand is branded well. And uh, it's going to include a lot of elements, which we'll touch on uh, at the end of the show instead of on top of the show and instead of uh talking a little more now i'm gonna kick it over to lilo for the talk yo uh thank you very much for that wonderful lean intro i know solo that that it was very hard for you and everyone I'm appreciates shaking. it especially me <laughs> <laughs> especially me so uh with the talk it's the actual table of contents we'll give you a layout of what we're going to be doing on the show and so i'm going to run you through our segments that we like to do and what you can expect for this episode in case you want to skip ahead uh you know and find out what you want to hear so start off we got a little segment called the quick scope and that deals with our game news and analysis from this past week. Everything that we think you need to know in the industry as a whole for this past week. Um, rolling past that, we're going to hit up the rumor mill. Rumor mill is those things that we saw on the internet. It's not confirmed nor denied, but we think would be cool for everyone to know about. You know, keep on your radar, that kind of stuff. Uh, we have some personality segments that we like to call Lilo's Lab and a solo rant. Unfortunately, you won't be hearing them this week because uh, we cut them out. We have too much other stuff we do want to talk about as a squad. Um, follow up those personal segments with the game Spotlight, where... 
I'm going to be going over a game of the week that I am passionate about and that I really, really, really want everyone to know. So there's that. And we are going to wrap the whole motherfucking thing up with the thing called the final lap. And a final lap is our fun discussion topic, something that we feel passionate about are passionate enough about rather to uh, talk to you at length and go back and forth with our opinions, you know, let let you know what's going on. All right. So with that being said, we are going to roll straight on into quick scope. So first up, well, we got hold on before you jump the gun. Oh, to make I am up so for sorry. You're right. A little sound cue right there. We will, we will jump in the gun right now a little Getting bit. Get excited, baby. I just want to get into it, you know. So speaking of rambling, Jesus, am I right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was the quick scope sound cue, which we were just barreled over. Anyway, well, but we're now back. we're into it. Yeah, there we go. We're Sorry back. Not. Thank you. Uh, thank you for letting me know. Uh, first and foremost, we got news in the Overwatch world. In case you're wondering, Overwatch just completed. We covered this several times. Completed its inaugural first season. Great. We have spoken at length about how we view the league and what we think the future is going to be. Well, for the second season, we just want to let you know that the there are going to be six expansion teams that are confirmed already for the second team or for the second season. Sorry, and the second season has the expansions listed at 35 million a piece. The last confirmed expansion for North America is Toronto, actually. So um, news came out recently that uh, Toronto is interested in purchasing a team and one of the Canadian, um, this guy's got a shit ton of money. I actually don't even know his name. But long story short, Overwatch has now gotten a new city in the United States, or rather not, I lied, I'm so dumb, in Canada, in Canada, which is pretty much the United States, right? Uh, And that is the second North American city that is going to be part of this squad. The season starts in 2019, in January, I believe, so be on the lookout if you're a fan of esports. We got six more teams, baby. The league is growing. People are interested, and we're going to see how they do in the future. Uh, I'm very excited to uh see the you know team sort of making an outside you know me I'm, I'm four teams outside of the u.s and in addition to that uh i'm still waiting for paris to get their own team france is a pretty mm-hmm. popular at the overwatch world cup and yeah, we lastly, talked about it last week um i look forward to fully korean teams uh <laughs> that, they, that they all have but our joke is never gonna end never it's so good never it, it, it's just very representative currently of the state of overwatch and how uh advanced korean players are it's ridiculous it's esports it's players yeah. anyway yeah. on to our next story which actually includes canada as well but we'll get into why that is uh bigger news Discord, the chat service, is going to begin selling games. Uh, it's testing, uh, beta testing a digital storefront uh, that is going to have a curated selection of uh, independent titles. Uh, it is available to roughly 50,000 Canadian users. Hey, there's your tie-in. Sub Canadia. Clean, clean transitions, clean transitions, but... Discord, uh, if you're not aware, has over uh, 150 million users, uh, according to their numbers. But uh, it's pretty interesting. They uh, announced, in announcing the store, 
they literally use a phrase that they hope to recreate a, quote, cozy neighborhood bookshop vibe, which is not possible on a digital storefront. But yeah, what does that even mean? uh, Hmm. Get your editorial department together, Discord. Can't be trying to write some poetic (laughs) shit like that. That don't make sense. Anyway, uh, it's going to also uh, it's going to include a couple of big titles that you may have heard of. Uh, that includes uh, Last Night Redux, Super Meat Boy, uh, and uh, a few more. Saints Row the Third, um, Dead Cells, which if you're not familiar, had a little controversy uh, recently where a, uh, I believe, IGN reporter was accused of uh, plagiarizing his review for the website from a YouTube uh, user, like a random person, and then they went back and found out this person had actually uh, stolen a lot of work from a lot of people, which is sort of related or unrelated to any of what I'm saying, but is related to Dead Cells, which started that. Um, Frostbox, (laughs) Hollow Knight, Into the Breach, and a few more. Super interesting. I don't know why Discord is going to be getting into the gaming market. Uh, We spoke about this. It does differentiate it a little bit from Twitch. Twitch, again. From its competitor, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we we usually look at them as compare and contrast cases, but they look to be entering into a Steam-esque territory. And I'm sure, as we're going to talk about, you know, as we talked about last week, the the sort of backlash to, um, or was it two weeks ago, uh, the backlash to these platforms, Steam and the Apple Store, Google Play with Fortnite and uh, Bethesda, which we'll get to later. Everyone leaving. Everyone leaving. I got you. What do you think? Why is Discord getting into games? Uh, Discord might be getting into games because they they realize that the game hubs have shitty chat services. And it's really funny. When you brought that up, it kind of sort of clicked for me in terms of being a consumer and wanting to have like Steam. It's party service and it's chat service. They also just updated it, by the way. Steam just updated this past weekend. We're getting to it, but like... It sucks. The chat service sucks. There is no in-game party system. You can't talk across games. And if you do, sometimes the sound cuts out and it's just not consistent. Discord has been known for its sound quality. It's premium service. The cool features you can do, like you can play songs in the background and stuff like that so that your whole party can hear. That's great. If they get into the gaming industry and they start having shit, like it makes sense to me where people will go to a hub where they can talk to their friends and also play their convenient games in one location. And that's what you should be doing on Steam, but it's just not the same. Uh, I agree, and I think it contrasts to Twitch as well, where we've talked about the problem that is Twitch chat, and all everything is social now. So unless you have a good ability to have like a social platform where players can interact mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, chat mm-hmm. or find each other easily, uh, whether that's through a chat channels or through games, which Discord already... It's interesting. We're going to follow up with it with an in-depth analysis sometime soon. Um, sometime soon being eventually, potentially, maybe. So I'm not going to promise that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But it's, uh, it's very interesting. Um, I'm curious to see how Twitch responds because you know they will because Discord is sort of passing Twitch to a degree yep, yep. in a different way. Hey, uh, yeah, you just got to wait till they get win the market. content next. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Then the war's on. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, in terms of other 
industries releasing gaming content. You know that thing that you uh, heard about in 2002, 2003? Um, the MMO that kind of shaped the gaming industry, World of Warcraft, way back in the day. You mean EverQuest? Well, guess what? Hey, EverQuest, RuneScape, pretty much they started the thing. But yeah, the big one, as we all know, WoW. WoW is still getting motherfucking updates, and they just came out with their new one. It's called Battle for Azeroth, and holy shit, I don't even know how they keep creating content. Like, it's only, it's just, it's kind of mind-boggling how much effort they still put into it. Also, how much money they still make, which is probably why they still make content. But I digress. Battle for Azeroth, I can't even speak, Azeroth sees you having the alliance versus the horde you're joining each side and uh you are fighting each other in i guess it almost looks like vanilla territory but i know that's not the case there's just a whole new pvp element that they're trying to uh, implement into the game and you should check it out if you're a wow fan i know i stopped that a long time ago because it became a time suck or time sink rather time sink and this shit just it took over my life because it's so addicting. It's so fun. And if you play it, more power to you. It's just check it out. Join a side. Are you, you know, solo? I don't know if you've ever played a Warcraft game per se, but are you team Alliance? Are you humans? Are you team Horde orcs? I actually don't know. I, don't I played know what you pick. Warcraft 3 a lot because okay. I am a fan of RTSs. However, I did not play World of Warcraft. I played like the first 10 levels if i'll be frankly right. honest and i just could never well, i couldn't get into it because i knew it was a time sink and i usually avoid games that i know are going to be time sinks like that so i don't play like take over your elder life. scrolls yeah. and and a few of those other mmos mmos yeah, yeah. exactly I, I literally skip mmos and and mostly rpgs because or major like jrpgs because i'm like who's got 90 fucking hours to put into a game dog I hear you. I hear you. Wait, so Alliance or Horde, though? Uh, I, I went Horde. So just that let that be context I for you. I went Alliance because you remember the the guy, the blonde hair guy? He was super yeah. strong. And then he, like, king. becomes the frozen king. Arthas. Yeah, 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 Arthas. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay. And then I bought that. Ex- that's, the last, that's the last Warcraft game I played. So I bought the expansion pack, the Frozen. Yep, the Frozen Throne. Yeah, Frozen Throne, throne yeah. And after that, I WoW came out, WoW got big, and then the South Park episode was hilarious, though. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. Always it back. South Park, because they cover so many modern events. So many events, which I'm glad, which is why I don't really love it thoroughly. But anyway, we're off topic. Um, yep, sorry, sorry. Speaking Digress. of that dough, speaking of that dough, one of my favorite things in the entire world, it's 10 cent time. It's raining. It's raining coins. Coins? It's that money. All the coins. You know we got to make Makes a rain for them. Um, but it looks like the drought is causing some issues. So uh, there's some rumors, which this isn't rumor mill material. This is still quick skill material, so don't bother me on Twitter. <laughs> um, but uh, apparently Tencent and uh, Riot are having a couple of issues. Uh, if you're not familiar uh, with their relationship. Tencent is the gigantic Chinese conglomerate and Riot Games is the owner of a uh, major esports title. uh, League of Legends. League of Legends. Um, And it's been the most popular game in the world for quite a a few years. 
most by, played game in the world most for played sure. Game by just sheer numbers, um, but. Looks like uh, there's a, there's a couple of uh, there's an issue over two things. One is declining profits. Um, you know, not as many people are playing. The shine not as many has sort are of worn spending off. Money. You know, yeah. not spending money. Uh, they're not putting out an, enough stuff, uh, I guess. But secondly, uh, there's differences over opinions on mobile gaming, and that's where it becomes very interesting because I always wondered why League of Legends hadn't sort of moved over to mobile at any point because Fortnite sort of proved that you had the ability to cross-platform even with the mobile game over to sort of these major platforms. I think it's easier mm-hmm. for them because they own fucking Unreal Engine, so they probably knew it all in terms of how to make the the, the, the language work to be able to connect sort of seamlessly, but regardless... I hear you. Uh, regardless of that... Uh, League of Legends would have been the game that I thought would have made that leap um, itself. Uh, it sort of looks primed to be a mobile title, but because League of Legends uh, declined to make the game, uh, Tencent responded by making a little game uh, <laughs> called Wangze Rongyo, which is uh, known as Honor of Kings, a 5 versus 5 uh, mobile-style game in 2015. Um it was rebranded Arena of Valor, by the way, in case you're wondering, in North America markets. So it's out there right now. Check it out. Yeah, and it's making a ton of money. And it's a whole it lot is. like, uh, it's a it whole lot like uh, League of Legends. And what do you think? Do you think it's fair that uh, Tencent basically undercut its own company by com- releasing a competitor? And if you think about it, this doesn't really surprise me. A majority of League of Legends fan bases over in Asia, China being p- p- the biggest one, if we're going to really count by numbers uh, purely, and if they are also one of the biggest markets for mobile gaming, it would make sense that if a mobile version of the game that they really love came out, they would be a bit more interested in that. Missed opportunity for League of Legends. What are your thoughts? It's just uh, then League of Legends has been dedicated to the PC realm and they understand that everyone else is trying to emulate what they're doing. Certain things you can do in PC just run smoother stuff, stuff like that. Like you don't dumb it down. I think Tencent, as we've covered at length, is the mobile fucking guru of Asia for sure and is slowly bleeding over here. They're dense. Tencent as a company is double dipping. And I think that's smart of them. Right. They essentially own Riot, 49% of Riot, and then they fucking, they get money from Riot because of League of Legends, and then they, it's not like League of Legends doing bad, by the way. We need to also cover that. So they're not doing That's poorly. Relative. Their numbers, yeah, their numbers are going down, but they're still by far the most played game on the interwebs, which is crazy. So there's that, except for, you know, Fortnite, which is fastly approaching. Um, but yeah, Tencent is a company, double dipping. They got... They got the rights, which is crazy. So their mobile game, like uh, Hero of Kings or whatever the hell you called it, but I call it Arena of Valor because I, I have it on my phone right now. They got the rights to DC characters. They got Superman and Wonder Woman oh, and no Batman and all that shit. Yeah, so like it's kind of crazy to me that like League of Legends can't compete with that IP because Arena of Valor has these other interesting aspects to the game that can pull people in and that you could utilize Marvel, not Marvel, sorry, DC characters in the game itself and so they got like two different markets and i'm not upset about it i can understand why 
they want League of Legends players to go over because it'll just blow up the market and expand it huge. But if you honestly ever played League of Legends and then you play Arena of Valor, it's almost the same fucking game. Yeah, it's literally almost identical. That doesn't so, surprise me whatsoever. It's just but, double dipping. They're they're greedy, man. They're greedy. <laughs> Bad blood in the uh, in the house because they're looking for money. Bro, so ten cents about that paper. Yeah, ten cent is about that paper, but. We digress. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the mobile market because now we're getting to something that I'm genuinely excited for. And this shit is Bioware's next new game that we have covered before. It's called Anthem. But what's cool about Anthem is that we actually just got new details recently. And this is from an article on DualShockers.com by Giuseppe Nelva. Uh, we get new details about what Anthem is and what it involves. I'm just going to run through them real quick. There's obviously going to be solo content, but there's also going to be co-op content. You can have one to four players in your party. Sorry, one to four players total. So two to three players in your party. And um as you play the game, if you play with the party, everything is loot instanced. And what that means is that you're going to get loot independent of your partners. It's not like it drops globally. And if someone picks up a sword that you really want before you do, um, you don't get it. No, it's just it's all independent, which is kind of nice. So you don't need to worry about like fighting over loot like you do in World of Warcraft or something like that in a big game raid. Uh, at the end game, there is a stronghold mold, a stronghold mode. And that shit requires four people, which means there's going to be end game content that's more raid like kind of like in any other MMORPG or something like that. So that's pretty sweet to look out to uh, look out for. And there's also matchmaking. Alternate accounts are allowed. If you want multiple personas, please feel free to make some shit. Make an extra guy, you know, that's the tank instead of a DPS guy and whatever. Do that. The story uh, allows you to play in groups that you find via matchmaking, and then you're able to actually group with them without leaving the story. So you can just choose to stay. And what I realized when reading all these updates is like, they're following suit off of a game that is blowing up that I'm going to cover in my game spotlight, but is Monster Hunter. And a lot of the same, I can see parallels in the games, and that's just what happens in the industry. But either way, Anthem looks like it's trying to hit that, that co-op market hard, and you're going to have open world expansion, beautiful graphics, fun gameplay. You're fucking Iron Man in a suit, and you're fighting shit in the wild. So what's not to like, right? Well, Bioware like. has a lot writing on it. So uh, for their that's sake... True. Let's hope it succeeds. Um, for my sake, um, I'll play it if it's good. I won't if it's not. <laughs> uh, the guy's honest, hey, at least he's honest. <laughs> um, at least he's and, honest. Uh, that does serve as a good transition, however, because speaking of Monster Hunter World, uh, the game has been pulled in China. So apparently uh, it went on sale, I think, about uh, on August 9th. And mm-hmm. released, you know, sort of by Tencent. Obviously, where are my coins at? Where are my coins at? Let me get to this. Let me get to this before I continue. Get those coins. Get those coins. Because obviously, as you see, everything with China they is through Tencent. Everything. But yep. um, they halted the sale. Uh, it's a little odd to me um, because it was accepted by the regulators. And then suddenly, they decided to pull it. Uh, apparently after a lot of complaints uh, one theory is that because the game revolves uh, around killing dragons and dragons 
are, I guess, considered sacred in China, which is, I want to say, a stretch. But simultaneously, the game was pulled for no noticeable reason, so it could not be a stretch um, because... That's actually pretty good. That's that's pretty funny. I actually didn't even make that connection myself. And I might be Chinese, but I'm not telling you. Yeah, I'm not telling you. Blamed so. bureaucratic infighting, um, according right? to the Financial Times. <laughs> uh, and it resulted in actually a complete halt of government-issued uh, publishing license for games. Uh, there's also the chance that it's Japan and historically China and Japan aren't the coolest. So... Um, I'm not going to give that uh, uh, history lesson. I'll let someone else do it. There's not much to add to there uh, because we will be touching on that game again sometime in the future. So uh, hey. what else do we got here? All right. Um, in case you're wondering, some, some big changes are happening in the gaming industry. Everything's always in flux as we... Those who follow the industry understand people are going back and forth. Um, studios just drop projects, and so people get upset about that and move on. Well, some things that are happening are that two big names, or rather just things are shifting in terms of two big games, and that is individuals from the team at who helped create Red Dead Redemption, a.k.a. Rockstar, and individuals at the team who helped create God of War, aka Santa Monica Studios, have both left and have joined Microsoft's The Initiative. And I actually brought this up to Solo because I thought, this is crazy. Um, You got some high-level profile individuals moving around and going from two of the most hyped games in recent memory and one game that has definitively been proven to be a masterpiece and been amazing, God of War being that. these guys are moving over to a new studio for Microsoft. So in my head, it's very, very tantalizing what the future brings for Microsoft. So I just wanted to uh, let you know. So the initiative studio head, David, or sorry, Daryl Gallagher revealed Friday that Microsoft Game Studios developer has hired a, hired a raft of top talents. I'm sorry. I can't, uh, I can't speak right now, but Red Dead Redemption and Shadow of Mortar lead writer and designer Christian Cantamesa will be joined by Tomb Raider and Rise of Tomb Raider co-director David Neuberger and God of War producer Brian Westergaard to the team. Uh, Blake Fisher, former director, uh, former senior director of portfolio and planning at Microsoft has also joined the initiative. So these are a lot of big names. Yes, you don't know who they are, but certain individuals have big impact in the creation of games and what goes into smoothing process, making a polished final product, if you would. All these people are going over to Microsoft. You know, after fucking E3, I was telling Solo that Microsoft is making some big moves. They hired all those independent studios. You got a lot of people. And now it seems like they're going after big talent, talent that clearly wants to create something that the, the consumers, the people, the market are just going to want. And uh, this, is, this is the beginning, so... Where this goes, I'm not entirely sure. However, this shit could be epic. I really I really think that like Microsoft is on the precipice of creating new IPs that we will see for many, many years. And that's just me. So I am going to chime in and say dating back to even E3, we had talked about the stakes for Microsoft moving forward after sort of a yeah. sluggish year in terms of good first party content uh but i think the i mean god of war 
top five favorite game of all time, Red Dead Redemption, top five game of all time, Red Dead Redemption 2, about to be top five game of all time. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Everything's top five, by the way, in case you were running. Everything's top five. We define define number five quite... um, uh, What's the the word here? Uh, Liberally. (laughs) But anyway... Fair. uh, I'm excited for it. I think it is smart. I think Microsoft is going to be very well positioned for the future, and I guarantee you, um, and I will touch and expand on this guarantee uh, in subsequent episodes until it comes true, Xbox is going to have <laughs> a, a hand, is going to have a portable uh, console uh, as well uh, because they can do it because of their cloud network. But anyway, on to our next story. Valve has advised professional teams uh, to stop accepting gambling sponsorships. And this is specifically, right now at least, uh, related to Dota 2. Uh, For the 18 teams that were attending the International 2018, uh, which started in Vancouver, Canada. What the hell? Why is Canada all over the goddamn news? I don't get it, but anyway. Doing some good shit, man. Seriously. Uh, It was on the episode of uh, Daily, uh, or last week tonight as well. But anyway, unrelated to this, John Oliver, add us, people like games. Hey. Anyway, uh, if you're not familiar, that's the major yearly tournament for Dota 2. Uh, but apparently, uh, Valve advised the teams in attendance that they were to stop accepting a sponsorship from any gambling website. But the fact that many teams had already signed or already signed with those companies for long-term contracts or for the teams that are currently in negotiations with a company like that it doesn't really make sense um detailed uh you know instructions on those or on a pretty big mandate like that weren't given uh, and they were told that they'd find out more later that's a pretty interesting thing valve has been sort of known for being hands-off and uh that's contributed a lot to its popularity and it's one of the reasons you have these different organizations and uh, leagues because Valve allows it. You're not going to have an Overwatch League competitor spring up the same way you'll have the ESL versus the E League. Uh, but maybe that's changing. Um, it's an in- it's interesting. It's curious to see gaming. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a uh, what is that? That's a is that is that a domino effect? <laughs> is Valve still trembling from the European slap? The- it's going to happen. Yeah. The Dutch slam. Think- <laughs> <laughs> they got smoked by the Dutch. Hey, smoked like a Dutchie. But anyway, what do you think? What, what, there's going to be I, gambling in esports. That's one of the na- reasons that'll be popular. So, yeah, I think it's just it's understandable. It's just very funny that Valve is like to me. It's a hub. It's not necessarily an organization, but everyone needs to because of like the scope of the hub and how big it is, it can influence what people are doing, you know, and the products that it hosts on that is a, it's a very big market. So it has power because of that. And when you see shit like discord making or selling games, I wonder how much influence they're going to have. All that is slowly going to dissipate. I think as the market becomes saturated with other hubs that sell games, you know what I'm saying the cop where, where there was no competition before competition will spring up. 
Right. And because of that, it means they're going to lose power and influence in the market. So they can't do shit like this where they advise people to stop accepting sponsorships, whatever they may be, gambling or not, you know. So it's just agreed. Arbitrary, arbitrary rulings do not bode well. But anyway, yeah, not for the future, but whatever. Let's let's move after. Let's move after Valve and past Valve because we're into the future, baby. Technology. And guess what? Technology. So this is something that it's got me very, very excited for the future. Uh, NVIDIA has announced a thing called the Turing GPU. In case you know what Turing is, there's the thing called the Turing test. It's the test of AI. Long story short, they're advertising that they have now AI in their video cards, and so they call it the Turing GPU. They're announcing a Quadro RTX and a GeForce RTX, and these are six things that you should know. This is based off an article from PC World by Brad Chakos, but I'm just going to run through the, uh, the things that you need to know about the future of gaming and gaming cards. Number one, Turing GPU is official, so there's speculation they're coming out. You know, right now, GTX has a 1080, GTX 1070, 1060, whatever. They got a whole brand, and it's all started with GTX. Well, NVIDIA has rebranded shit to uh, Turing, okay? So inside the actual cards themselves are going to be Turing GPUs. Number two is that the cards and will then be rebranded to GeForce RTXs, okay? So it's just, it's not going to be the GTX name. I mean, there's more to it than that, but they're going to RTX, so you're starting a whole new line, line of cards. Let's go with that. Third, they're coming up with new architecture, or they came out with new architecture that's going to be inside these cards, and what that means is like sort of the... Um, the firmware that's used to coordinate everything that's going on has a different way of manipulating the memory and it just makes everything more streamlined. So all this shit means much prettier graphics for you. Okay. Number four is that they're using, or at least there's speculation that they're using GDDR6 memory. So what is GDDR6? It's a, it's RAM. Okay. In every computer, there's RAM, random access memory. That means you can store things for quick access later. It's the reason why you can open multiple programs, and then when you click on the program, it loads right up. Why? Because that memory is stored in RAM. Well, there's different levels of RAM, and it started out with GDDR1, GDDR2. Right now, in most desktops, you'll see GDDR4, and that is the level you're up to. Video has always been, or graphic GPUs have always been a little bit higher. It seems like they're going from five to six, and this shit is apparently up to 40% faster than the GDDR5, which is a huge fucking jump. So I only have four in my shit. Imagine going to six. If six is 40% faster than five, and I don't even have five, like I just understand that that's going to be crazy. Uh, in these graphics cards, they're actually playing up the virtual link market, aka they're playing up the VR market. So... A lot of the graphics cards or all the graphics cards are going to be coming standard with a USB-C that provides more power and high-speed data rates than ever before to allow things like VR headsets uh, to communicate with these cards seamlessly and to give it all the power it needs to to render reality if you want to. And then finally, um, a card that has been potentially teased is... Well, rather, the title that has been potentially teased is the RTX 2080. There's a little short of uh, NVIDIA's tweet, and people saw that at the 53-second mark, you saw the numbers 2080 pop up on the screen, so people are thinking that that is the name of the uh, the card that's going to be released. 
So, I said a lot of shit. It doesn't really matter to you unless you want the prettiest graphics out in the market. And uh, guess what? You're going to get your wish, and it's going to come in from NVIDIA with a lot of lot of cool shit. 4K, 144 hertz. It's happening, baby. It's happening. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add. I think uh, it's pretty cool. Um, they're going to be... Uh uh, presenting at Gamescom next week, uh, and they tease yeah, a couple a of surprises. Point. I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to finally announce GeForce um, Cloud Gaming with okay. alongside this because it makes sense that now they're going <clears> to <throat> have even have the ability to <clears throat> excuse me uh, even more. Uh, I use G uh, Nvidia GeForce. It's incredible. I'm excited to see it go faster, but anyway. <laughs> hey, it'll work. Yeah, that's what will happen. Yeah. GPU. Ripple down effect, baby. Exactly. There you Hopefully go. the cost doesn't go up too much because uh, the cryptocurrency craze has died down, which we also covered on the show a long time ago, which was the soaring cost of GPUs due to uh, currency mining. But anyway, uh, the last thing I have to add is all respect to Alan Turing, but flood chin and should get a little bit more respect so <laughs> nvidia name something after the man enough of the turig anyway now on to the last couple of uh pieces that we got here in quick scope um yeah beginning with a very curious uh situation over at high res studios uh it's the creator of a couple of popular titles a, a MOBA game called Smite which I have not played but I've heard a, oh. a bit about it's pretty sweet and it's like Paragon it's the same idea it's like your first person fucking Paragon-esque it's a MOBA but first person view and that's it that's all I got they are also the creators of Paladins which I had called uh, Diet Overwatch but which we will says yeah. is pretty great on the Switch. The Switch, baby. baby. It's free. Free to play. Check it out. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a look-see. But uh, speaking of the Switch, I did just buy Okami HD. Well worth it. Oh, shit. Nice. $20. So fun. Beautiful game. Uh, I always love to see uh, good artwork in games. Uh, but lastly, uh, the game that they uh, High Res Studios is uh, responsible for creating is Realm Royale. Uh, but they're going to be splitting themselves into three different development studios titled Titan Forge Games, Evil Mojo Games, and Heroic Leap Games. Each studio will have a focus uh, and will, you know, try to create certain types of games. Apparently, Titan Forge will be working exclusively on on Smite. Evil Mojo is going to be working on Paladins, and Heroic Leap is currently developing Realm Royale. I think that's a pretty interesting... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's a pretty smart idea. I don't think a lot of companies would be uh, willing to pull off a move like this, but I think that there would be a lot of cross... cross, uh, A lot of... uh, I was going to say cross-contamination, but I think a lot lot of uh, conflicts of interest in terms of what doing, you know, in terms of dedicating resources to one game would take away from yes, another game yeah, in exactly. terms yep. of the business so to split it into three split, split in time man like it's too much too much it's the same reason that google ended up creating 
uh, Alphabet Corp to be able to spin off a couple of its things to be like, okay, we can focus on this now. So uh, I expect to see a lot of these games get a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. I always love to see a company spin off subsidiaries while becoming a holding company. So shout out to High Res, shout out to Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> for teaching me the importance of a holding company. Uh, Dude, and making money. I expect to see a, a lot of improvements in those games, so uh, maybe we'll be uh, talking a, a lot about Paladins uh, in the near future because I think it would be a great shooting game uh, that's not available in its form. So if they put Overwatch on Switch, I think that would be huge, but in the meantime, I'm going to play Paladins because I want a game like right, that. Right, And You got the market, and it's free. Splatoon doesn't really fill that void, I'm not going to lie. Hmm. It's just, I guess it's not there. It's not there yet for mm-hmm. you. Splatoon is a pretty sweet game, but yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's definitely a smart idea, splitting three, and each game now has dedicated personnel employees who are devoted to that one particular game. Each company can talk to their community individually and not worry about the company as a whole, right? Like, granted, you sh- yes, you do, but you can address the specific needs of your community instead of having this overarching boss that controls all three of you, right? So you can do your own thing and worry about what is special for Smite versus what is special for Paladins and what is special for Realm Royale. So I gotcha. Um, so I don't know. It's it's impressive to me what they're doing. And uh, eh, I digress. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now I'm going to steal the mic back and we're going to close up with our last article here. Uh, it's actually one Lilo and I both wanted to talk about, so that's the reason uh, we're going to be wrapping up together, but uh, Unreal Engine, uh, the basic, uh, I guess, central gaming uh, programming language, uh, which happens to be owned by Epic Games, which happens to own Fortnite, which all of it happens to be owned at least partially by Tencent. <laughs> um, Bring it back. Full circle, baby. Full circle. Tencent is a full circle. The sun never sets on the Tencent empire. but and That's 100% true right now, I think. Seriously. <laughs> I think it's I, actually, it's actually true. true. Yeah. We're going to figure Tencent's in China, 12 hours the difference. Yeah. breakdown of their reach. Dude, no, I, I actually think it's literally 24 hours. Yeah. If, you know, that, okay. We're, we we're, digress, we're but yeah. That. But anyway, um, the Epic Games uh, announced that they were going to be creating a new hub for developers who are learning to work in Unreal Engine. The Unreal Engine Online Learning Hub is a free platform for online training with video tutorials with uh, a range of job types and skill levels. You can find it over at uh, academy.unrealengine.com. It's really, really cool. Uh, it is completely free and open and be able to be used by anyone i love it i love it i love this so much because i feel like to a large degree gaming is going is becoming this huge industry and the wider sort of average person is being more compelled by gaming is more interested and it's going to see a lot more people who are interested in joining the field in in a technical manner and even the way that they have something like Code Academy, which was something I used to learn to code, or the way they have Khan Academy set up, where you're able yeah. to learn these financial lessons, like a hub, or all of these different sort of centralized resources, like FreeCourses.com, whatever the case may be, uh, to have mm-hmm. one specifically for the Unreal Engine. Incredible! 
Uh, I think it's great. Unity should follow suit, but you you give me your two cents on the matter. No, it's the same shit. I, I guess I thought you were going to take it in a little bit different manner. For, for anyone who's listening and anyone who knows Solo, you know that he might be more of the uh, pessimistic or cynical side of things, where I'm the more positive and happy side. No, actually, no. genuinely, I, I think we're on the same side. I think we're on the same side here in terms of, like, anything that great makes something more accessible, I'm interested in. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And more accessible, and it's not just more accessible, like it's great because they already had their engine that was free, but they're teaching people how to utilize their engine, and they're inspiring those individuals who do want to get access to games and the gaming industry. They literally give them an opportunity to sort the courses by their skill level. If you're a beginner, quote unquote, if we're going in terms of like easy, medium, hard levels or something like that, beginner, um, novice, whatever you want to say. They're helping you develop those skills that will actually put you into the gaming industry if that is your your path. And I do know that I'm going to check it out personally in terms of definitely the beginner skill level and the architecture and how they build the infrastructure for making a game. There's so many different parts and Sol and I tried to touch on that on several episodes, but there's just too much to cover and I think... If you take the opportunity to take one of these courses yourself, you'll see how much detail there is, how in-depth, how much knowledge there is in the gaming industry. And this all applies to uh, really not just games, but other engines that are used in filmmaking and entertainment in general. So it's a broad broad spectrum of programs and skills that you could probably learn by taking these courses. So yeah. it's just, it's cool. It's awesome. It's cool the, for the future, it's man. Cool. I'm always, and that's what I was saying, which is, it's free. It's easy. It's not easy to use. It's going to be a difficult process to be able to learn how to do it. Whatever the case is, bully for Epic Games. They're really making very democratic say, making good moves. Yeah, decisions. So shout out to them. Good moves. Yeah, good. good. Shout out to you. Anyway, that, that about wraps up what we had here for you in the Quickscope. So we're going to move into a little segment we have not done for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's been a fucking while. It has been, it's a while. been a while. I don't while. even know why, but it is now time for... The Rumor Mill. Yes, yes, yes. The return. So, the goodie bag. That's true. With all the good stuff <laughs> that happens to have uh, brought to fruition a few things. But go on. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, we're going to do the rumor mill. Like, don't get me wrong. We haven't done it because there haven't been too many juicy rumors. But now we're getting into it. And I think um, there's enough news out where we think you might be interested in what we got to say. And the entertainment industry thrives on, like, pulling people's strings, giving you some facts here and there. And that all relates to the gaming industry as well. They do the same shit. So, for instance... No, I'm ahead, saying it may go from rumor mill one week to the quick scope to the next to the final lap the third. You never know. Right, exactly. It moves quick. It does. But the idea is that uh, specifically here, we found some things that we definitely want to let you know about. And first, sorry to interrupt, wait. lastly, the rumor mill has been off because July is just a dead month in gaming and we're pulling into the swing of things in the fall. So yeah. the, the, the clock is going to hit like September and it's go time. September 7th is Spider-Man and it's full tilt from there. I'm going to be buying games every other week. But anyway, go. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, all right, let's start it out. And the first rumor that I want to talk about real quick is uh, a Smash Bros. rumor that 
You may or may not have seen that brought up a lot of questions. So in Nintendo Direct, they're releasing shorts for the new characters and a lot of shit was going down. One of the things that we saw in the short was Luigi having his vacuum. You know how pensive and scared that guy always motherfucking is. Um, if you don't know Luigi, there's like a Luigi Mansion game where he goes around sucking up ghosts and fighting this castle, essentially. Well, in this scene, he's in a castle. He's walking around and lo and behold, he sees a big reaper and this reaper happens to hit him with a scythe and his soul flies out. And that's where the short ends and that's it. And you're like, oh shit, what just happened? So apparently people are thinking that Luigi died and a lot of shit was going down. Um, An article on Eurogamer.net by Tom Phillips shows that there's a couple people who are sleuths. We know the interwebs is about sleuthing. Like, motherfucker went and went through the video pixel by pixel to see, is Luigi actually dead? What are they trying to do? Smash may be coming out with a new mode based around dead people, and I think that's the biggest thing. So, um, you guys need to buy the game. That's really all it is. You guys need to buy the game to figure out whether or not this is actually the case, because uh, I'm not entirely sure if Luigi's dead. It'd be kind of crazy. That green man's my friend. I pick him over Mario any day, but that's just me. I don't know. Solo, what do you think? I saw that uh, the game would be that you have to go into soul mode and like get the souls of the players, uh, of the characters who died to make them usable characters. That would be interesting. It would be sort of like a different game type than what the traditional one would be. Uh, but I gotcha. I guess we'll wait to see. But staying on, uh, staying on Nintendo just a little bit, a uh, potential leak has occurred, this time coming out of uh, Amazon, actually. So uh, apparently it's looking like uh, the Nintendo Switch might be getting uh, ports of two Pokemon 3DS titles. Could Oh, shit. I'm pretty interested to see what's going to happen with there. I've said it at a whole length that if the Switch really wants to squeeze out a lot of value... Put some of those games on. Give me every Pokemon: red, blue, silver, gold, red, all of them, and I yeah, and yeah, I yeah, play yeah. them on my Switch without without question. The Switch would become the most popular thing in the world if they allowed some of the older titles back. So if they brought some N sixty four titles back, you have a huge opportunity here, Nintendo. Please do not be <laughs> a, 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 like I think about this sometimes, and I'm like I'm terrified of them become just taking this massive idea that they came up with and they're shitting it down the toilet in Wii U fa- like Wii U fashion <laughs> because it's like oh how did Nintendo do oh oh wow that was literally just a you know a shot in the dark gotcha. that worked and I'm hoping it's not the case because it, I love the Switch I think it's my favorite of the consoles just because of its portability and sort of crispness so but I'm waiting for more games I just need more and more games but anyway um hey. You might get a couple. Yeah. So there you go. Let's hope. Uh, let's hope Nintendo is listening to this podcast. And in which case, um, also by Okami HD. Anyway, um. <laughs> all right. We got our last one, our last rumor mill, and then we're gonna wrap it up and roll over to the spotlight. But last thing that it might be, and I just want to put this tag here: potential spoiler. In case you don't want to know anything about an upcoming Sony title that everyone is definitely gonna play. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, the next thirty seconds, just skip over. Okay. Um, that being said, it's about Spider-Man 4. Okay. 
Spider-Man 4 has released some trailers as we're coming through the game launch. The game is launching September 7th. Be on the lookout. Uh, we covered it a while back in like April or May where you couldn't fucking pre-order that shit. And I still can't pre-order that shit on Amazon. I can pre-order the digital code, but I can't pre-order a physical copy. I'm pissed about that. That's not the, the spoiler. The spoiler is that in their videos, they released some some characters. There's a character there, if you're familiar with the comic world of Spider-Man, uh, and his name is Miles Morales, also known as the other Spider-Man. He's apparently going to factor in the game, and the rumor is that he actually might be a character you're taking over. And I, I don't want to ruin it for Solo or anything like that, but if you ever played Red Dead Redemption or if you ever played uh, The Last of Us, there's certain parts in the game where you switch over viewpoints. You don't play as the main character the entire time. You switch over to someone else. And the idea is that this might happen too. Uh, Spider-Man could I, potentially pull I, in I, Miles Morales. I think the game is somehow tied to <clears throat> the film into the Spideyverse. Or it may have correlations to it. Oh, the Spidey verse, like the short, the, or no, the animated film. Yeah, yeah, not the short, animated film. Yeah, the yeah, film okay. that's coming out. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens uh, with that one. Next week, we're going to give you uh, a little bit more uh, potentially of a rumor mill, or we may just swap it in for a long tease segment that has not come to fruition yet, but will not be announced just yet. Good call. Anyway, anyway, Keep anyway, on now on to a little segment that we like to call the Game Spotlight. All right. So for this week in my Game Spotlight, I'm going to be covering a game I'm actually currently playing right now. Normally, I cover some indie games or something that's coming out in the future. We talk to the developers. It's great. This one, every now and then I find something I really like. And this game has been I've been hyping for a while, I've been hyping in my head, and just I'm fucking loving it. Game I'm gonna cover, Monster Hunter World, the PC port, baby. So you might have known, but Capcom took the world by storm when they released uh, Monster Hunter World on PlayStation 4 and Xbox, and these guys did a fantastic job. The game was their best-selling game um, ever, and they made the most money ever for them, for that company. But uh, it was just well-polished, well-received, and fun overall. So... Myself and many other fans included have waited patiently for the PC port and now it's finally here. It came out on August 9th and so that was a few days ago from now. And I just got to say, really, I mean, you probably already know about it, but it's it's fucking beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous. I've never played a JRPG or something like this of this nature. You know, I covered a game Dauntless way back in the day, which is the free-to-play version of Monster Hunter, right? And... This is just leagues and leagues beyond it. What what Capcom did and what the studio did when they were creating Monster Hunter is just unbelievable. When you get into the game, it's incredibly polished and you just see all these beautiful details, the scenery, the storyline. Um, the dialogue is a little janky because it was <laughs> it was transferred over. It's kind of like if you ever seen Asian dub movie solo, like you, you see it's dubbed for English and the guy says hello and then his mouth just keeps moving and shit like that happens all the time in the game but it's actually really funny so it makes for some like some humor uh really though if you don't know what monster hunter is the idea is that you can join you can fly out into the world by yourself or you can go in a party and the goal is to hunt monsters literally you hunt monsters you kill them you loot them and then you make armor and weapons to go out and hunt them again the thing is they've put in so much detail into the world at large that it is 
so addicting to do that shit over and over and over and you just have new monsters new strategies new weapons new characters new locations um you have other things you can do like everything is a mini game essentially like cooking food is not just straight up cooking food you have special abilities when you cook a food or if you use fresh food versus other food there's a lot of incentives to try to explore the world at large and that's what makes this game so immersive and so fun the other thing that makes it so fucking fun is that it is the most concurrently played game on Steam right now because it released through Steam and there's like over 2 million people playing at any given time, which is insane. So you're always going to find someone else to play with. You can join online sessions with multiplayer, uh, other people that are random and go through and I can go ahead and I can join someone else. I can look for quests. People can fire up these things called SOS flares if they're having trouble with a monster and they need help. And that's when I can come in. Otherwise, like not necessarily the case. All in all, Monster Hunter is a game about exploring an open world, fighting monsters. Every monster feels like a boss battle because it essentially is. Um, and it's a great hub to meet new people, to join like there's no it's all the best things i think about dark souls without the terrible pvp element where someone can come in and ruin your fucking day instead it's just the monster ruin your fucking day and you can do it all with your friends so i am playing it i've invested 20 hours in five days already which is pretty extensive if you think about like a fucking full-time job which is kind of impressive so like average of four hours a night the past five nights that i've been playing it which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it so game is sweet if you're a fan and even if you've already played monster hunter on playstation or xbox it's just smoother and cleaner on pc they added new features they're looking to do some dlc so be sure to check it out solo i don't think your shit can run that i'm just letting you know i think you should play it but i don't think your shit could run it um still i'm a huge fan please check out monster hunter please join me on my quest to kill all these Fucking well, Zoroth Agonath or whatever, kid. Zoro, whatever. The main boss. Let's go kill him together because I still have yet to do that. Uh, That's my game spotlight. It's less of a game spotlight, which I hate because I really didn't cover too many of the features, but it's also because it's been out for six months and I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> Generally, still exploring the world, you know? Well, still doing all that shit. We will lazy game spotlight aside. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. But kind of. Anyway, hey, uh, too, I, I too fun. I think Dauntless may end up bigger, but we'll see. Oof, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. We'll see because it's just, it's just free. It's just free. That's it. Free is a big difference. Free is a big True. difference. But anyway, uh, I I wanted to try it, uh, but uh, is there crossplay with PC and PS4 on that? Not. Nah. No crossplay, oh, wow. independent servers, and I mean the good thing is that like on PC, you're playing with people of your skill level. Like they they, they do all this shit. I don't know. It's pretty. Sweet, I though. will likely not play that game and uh, instead get I, Horizon Zero Dawn because it looks very similar, but it's self-contained and I can play by myself, which is <laughs> anyway. No internet connection required. Yeah, you probably do need internet just to even connect to games nowadays. Anyway, 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 on to the final, the final, the final lap. Final lap. A, a, today, tonight, this afternoon, whatever goddamn time you have. This morning. Oh, I forgot about the morning uh, because I'm a morning person. 
But we are talking a little bit about Bethesda. I suppose this is sort of just going to be a slightly expanded version of what would have been a piece of a quick scope conversation. But it's sort of a uh, a recent trend that Bethesda is is working in sort of curious ways. So last week or about two weeks ago, I want to say. Uh, because every week feels like forever. Uh, just kidding. I want to say... Last week, then, we spoke about how Bethesda was going to try to sell its upcoming Fallout 76 directly on its own game client, I believe. Circumventing Steam. Circumventing Steam, yep, yep. And how that fit into a larger trend. But then... Uh, a recent article sort of caught my eye, which was that uh, Bethesda was... Uh, I was glad last week I didn't have to cover it because I call... Lilo always calls it Bethesda, and I'm like, it's Bethesda. Uh, <laughs> you fucking jerk. You fucking jerk. Bethesda, Maryland, baby. Let's go. Basically, uh. Bethesda demanded that for them to release their upcoming... Uh, what was the, the name of the, the Elder Scroll Legends yeah. on PS4? That it would be a requirement to have crossplay, and I think it's curious to see this game publisher go up against PS4 when even Epic couldn't get them to budge. I think it it, it just it's curious, and so that that was number two. So they went from one sidestepping steam then two threatening sony by being like we're not going to release your system and number three this almost deserved its own rant uh they are suing someone who was trying to sell a pre-owned copy of the game evil within two and the publisher says and brace yourselves for this that the sale of a sealed and unopened game still constitutes unauthorized reselling if listed as new curious what? I don't so, even understand. All right. Which point should we address? What are you going to start with? He, so basically, we're going to begin with the fact that we already touched on how Bethesda is not going to be releasing Fallout 76 on Steam. It is one of the few publishers with enough different IPs under their belt to or size or respect, whatever you want to call it. Recognition right. might be the word yeah. to be able to circumvent them. So we already touched on that. So I guess number two will be now they're going after Sony saying that they're going to require crossplay in order to release a game. You're more right. familiar with their games, having played them, etc. Does do they have this sort of heft with any upcoming <laughs> titles that might be anticipated by people to be able to start basically trying to make a couple of demands. I feel like that's that's three very curious things to do in a row. They're getting aggressive is what how I interpret it. They're getting very aggressive and I'm not entirely sure why Perfect or where it's coming from. Right? Do, do they have they're, any they're games being, coming out? So that's my first question. Do you know of Yeah, uh, they, they have Fallout 76 is one of the biggest know, games. Yeah. Obviously, they're coming out with the Elder Scrolls Legends. So Fallout 76 is going to be huge, and it's going to be huge on Xbox for sure. I think um, all of my gamer friends, not you included, no offense, all my gamer Aww. friends have said that they're going to buy it. And like 
that's a good 10 people who are going to buy the game. And these are people who are dedicated to the cause in terms of, I enjoy just playing games and whatever. Fallout 76 is definitely going to be um, online. I mean, the whole basis is to play online and shit like that. So Bethesda understands that. But even the articles that we were referencing, like it's such a big title and you can play it single player that you don't necessarily need crossplay. They're going after Sony about the Elder Scroll Legends, which is like, a smaller title that no one's really heard of or they haven't advertised. They're talking about, you know, they're referencing Fortnite and the ability to play across all these different platforms and then still stay on your same account and still have that progress. Like, what the fuck? I, I'm not entirely sure. I follow why they're trying to do it. Also, you know, just us covering Sony in general and how Sony kind of owns the console market, in our opinion, at the moment. I don't think they're going to get Sony to do shit. Like if Sony does this, then they're going to have to allow crossplay between all these other things. Like right now, the only game that I know of off the top of my head, and please feel free to tweet at us if you know other games that Sony allows crossplay on. But the only game I know of off the top of my head is PS4 players with PC players in Rocket League. You can't even do PS4 players to Xbox players in Rocket League, but you can do PS4 to PC players in Rocket League. So that shit is like strange and I don't know going off of our initial point Bethesda is definitely a big enough studio to circumvent Steam their sales won't I think be hurt that much everyone knows about the Elder Scrolls everyone knows about Skyrim Skyrim's been around for fucking years that's fine but now going against Sony which is one of the hubs for the games I don't I don't know man I don't think that shit's gonna work I don't shit that's gonna fly I think especially with for the game that they're advertising the Elder Scrolls Legends that shit who cares no one cares I don't care <laughs> and you know okay so I guess the question goes from what's Bethesda doing to what the fuck is Bethesda trying to do here because now right. this is where what's their play here comes story number three so as I had said that they were trying to sell someone who was trying to resell a sealed and unopened uh, copy of the game. So, if you bought a game, say you bought God of right. War tomorrow, had a very wonderful, wonderful, magnanimous individual not sent it to you already, and then you decided <laughs> not to open it because that magnanimous individual had sent it to you, what would you do if you could not return it, right? You would sell it. Say you put it on Amazon. What do you put that? Right. What do you put the condition as? That's new, right? It's unopened. Yeah. It's factory sealed. That's what Bethesda's problems with. So apparently, so, uh, so that's what they're arguing. They're saying it's not new. Yeah, a it random dude from Philadelphia named Ryan Hupp was given contacted by the lawyer saying that they demanded the listing be taken down as such a sale would not be. Because it would not be by a quote-unquote authorized reseller and therefore was unlawful. It was also argued listing the game as new could be considered false advertising. They also said that if he did not remove the listing, he would face a lawsuit. Are you fucking kidding me, Bethesda? And this is their kind. <laughs> the Bethesda does not and will not block the sale of pre-owned games. The issue in this case is that the seller offered a pre-owned game as new on the Amazon Marketplace. Bruh, the, the new... Okay, I guess they, 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 their strict point is that he claimed he was a authorized reseller when they can't claim that he he's basically a non-authorized reseller because they can't verify yeah. the game hasn't been opened or repackaged or whatever the case is. I right. get the 
sort of semantics of the argument, but that is up to the platforms and what you are selling the games on. It's their responsibility. So suing the individual isn't his fucking problem. You should be suing the company. Amazon should be the one who has to clarify whether something is real before it's sold or not. Why is the guy responsible? So if Amazon's taking a cut of the profits, they should be taking a cut of the responsibility of the outcome. But obviously not, because that's not how anything works, because that's common sense and load. Because they got language, man. God they forbid. Got, they got law language. For real. It's just... Shit is crazy. I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm just gonna go out and say, it does. You're, you don't have it like that. Like you do not have it like that. You are not like Epic Games right now. If Epic Games is pulling this, if Epic Games pulls out of Google Play, uh, you know what I think? It's not. Wow, what the fuck are you doing? It's damn. That's a power move that you can do. You don't need to give them your money. But that's the. You are not Fortnite and Epic Games. Do not do this because. You know what PlayStation did to Epic Games, which is bigger than you, and we can't get the yearly revenue uh, or profit of uh, the company because it is a private company. We could try to request their tax filings, but... (laughs) They will not give it to us. (laughs) I think you have to be a resident of the state in which you are requesting it, and so... Oh. Anyway. I see. What the fuck are you trying to do here with that? That's why I just saw like these couple of articles. Maybe we'll figure it out while talking about it. We did not. They are being stupid. Um, they're making they're making moves. I mean, Bethesda. Let me just also say Bethesda has been known to sue a lot of people. Uh, we covered them before, and I think that's just what big companies do to protect themselves. I get uh, it, but to have it's, aggressive, it's essentially like flexing. It's just flexing. You know, they're flexing on individuals and being like. We can't have you do this, so how do we get you to stop while well, we threaten to sue you, which could bankrupt you and ruin your well, life? Yeah, so this, we get you to stop. They just threaten random people. That yeah. makes sense. But they got the language. I think in, in this case, I do think that guy would lose. He would lose because he's not an authorized reseller, and I'm sure in their contracts stipulating whoever buys it and resells that shit, like whatever. And that kind of sucks. Like you said, a lot of this shit isn't common sense. A lot of, this, a lot of these laws were made to benefit the person in power to make it easier for them and person in power being corporations corporations being Bethesda and uh, lo and behold it's just stupid. trickle down it just doesn't make shit. any sense and uh, I feel like that's the most no. things it's like the end I'm gonna leave you listeners with you may be wondering what is the point of this final lap what did, what did we learn it's a line from a little movie called uh, Burn After Reading, where uh, the character looks at the guy and says, what did we learn from this? And he closes the folder and he says, absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, uh, that is our episode. All right, all right, I like it. That was episode I like 46. it, I'm in there. We hope you enjoyed. Yo. Lilo. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh Appreciate it, everyone, for taking your time. Be sure to hit us up. People like games on Twitter, Lilo, PLG. I would love to talk to you. Subscribe. Talk to Subscribe. Just just hit us up on all the plugs. If you need to listen to Plug Walk, go all the way back to the beginning. Plug Walk. Oh, wait, wait, and, uh, you, 
in a month apart. Oh, no, continue. Keep talking. If you've listened to us this far, then uh, you definitely know where you can find us. But feel free to leave some love. Um, leave us five stars rating because, you know, Nothing we less. love the five stars. Nothing That's less. great. Nothing less hey, for hey. the best podcast in the gaming industry. Trademark. Trademark. There trademark, you go. Trademark. Anyway, we shall be back in seven days as mm-hmm. usual. So uh, we'll see you next week, right? Be on the lookout, and uh, I hope you enjoy. See you later.